We've got Xbox Keystone and Windows Hilarity. Happy Friday, friends! What a what a week it has been. We've got new code names. We've got new features and weird oddities coming into Windows that we'll talk about here in a minute. But I hope that you had a wonderful week. It was an interesting week in the tech atmosphere, uh, mostly because, well, we'll just kick it off here with Apple had its big shindig. And I'm not going to dive through all their stuff. Um, the one thing I do want to just point out is their ultra, their chunky, the chunky, the chunky boy that uh, they're calling the studio or the, it, it's whatever. It has a new chip called the ultra in quote unquote new, but it's really just two M1 chips that are just married up against each other. That is claiming really incredible performance. Like looks like RTX, like 3090 style performance. The only thing I want to just, the only thing I'm curious about, the things that I'm watching, I'm waiting for third parties to get their hands on these things to actually validate uh, the, the chips and the graphs that Apple showed off at their event. They like to show charts that say just uh, the most popular Windows PC, and then they'll show their thing like way up here. Well, obviously, the most popular Windows PC is typically one of the cheapest Windows PCs. That, that, that's just how it works. Anyways, I'm just curious to see where third-party benchmarks come in. I don't doubt that these chips are probably quite good. We know how well the M1 does. Um, Apple, in my opinion, has diluted their branding a little bit there with the M1 and then the M1 Pro and then the M1 Max and the M1 Ultra. But at the same time, Intel does very similar-ish things. Like we have i3, i5, i7, although... I, I think you can make an argument that Intel's is probably a little bit easy to understand because 5 is bigger than 3 and 9 is bigger than 7 and, and then Pro, Max, and Ultra. Either way, uh, that's Apple's bed to lay in and uh, we'll just kind of see how those benchmarks come out, uh, which should be here in the next couple weeks or so, I would imagine. Uh, Microsoft has improved the Windows subsystem for Android in for Windows Insiders. It's really just making like video playback and there's some audio updates that are floating around there. So if you've had some issues with some Android stuff on Windows, maybe this will fix your, your, your issues uh, at the end of the day. Uh, Patch Tuesday has also been released because it was a week. No, actually, it was, it's always the second Tuesday of the month. And so these updates fix a bug that could lead to some data not being erased after resetting a PC. This is pretty important for people who are potentially selling a PC, turning in a PC, or doing whatever. Uh, so just keep in mind that until you have this patch applied, that resetting a PC might leave some lingering data, but that has now fixed. This week, Microsoft released a new build of Windows 11 22572. Now, this is a new build in the dev channel, and it's worth talking about because there's a bunch of stuff that came with this, some official and, and some unofficial, and we'll talk about that in a second. The first thing here is that Microsoft made a big deal. They are including ClipChamp. Now, this is a, an application or service, to more service side, I guess, at this point, that Microsoft acquired, and now it's a bundled video editing app inside of Windows 11. And I, my friends, was looking forward to this. And I was like, hey, I, I edit a lot of videos. I am going to use ClipChamp. And I got to tell you, now I know why Microsoft included it. Uh, because it's not free. It's not, okay, if you want to use ClipChamp, the only way you can edit a video and export it is in 480p. I'm not making that up. If you want to pay uh, some dollars per month, then you can get 720p, which they call the creator's package, which Let's be honest, any creator worth their salt is not using 720p video. You can get all the way up to 1080p per month, but then but then it's like 20, 30 bucks a month. And like it doesn't make sense. And this is this is they're gonna 
they're getting a lot of bad press about this because it's it's dumb and i could try to explain some of it because clipchamp isn't a local app i believe it's all video editing in the cloud and so there's actually a cost associated with editing and exporting video because you're not doing it locally you're doing it up in the magic cloud and so that takes resources and somebody's got to pay for it and that somebody is you uh now i do expect or at least hope that microsoft will eventually allow or like bundle this with their uh, office 365 at least on the consumer side because right now it's really frustrating it's like hey i want to edit a video i've got windows 11 you open up clip champion while well, you're getting 480 peasant out of the box and so yeah 20 bucks a month it doesn't make sense to, to pay that because when you look at adobe premiere which is hey the premier uh, editing suite probably in the industry with the caveat here uh it's about the same price so the other thing too is if you really do need a a quote-unquote premiere level video editing app go check out DaVinci Resolve. It is an industry standard. It is widely used. It is a professional application and it is 100% free. Now, the way that they get you is that one day, hopefully, they hope that you'll become a big professional video editor and you'll need cameras and you'll need everything else. And they sell a ton of hardware that ties into Adobe or uh, into DaVinci Resolve. And that's where they eventually do make their money. But Resolve is a really good product and it's a very high-end editing suite that you can use for free. And it's all running locally, not in the cloud, and it doesn't cost you any dollars per month. So anyways, uh, other things that are in this build of Windows 11, Microsoft is updating the search experience. Now, the search in Windows 11 is okay. It's, it's, there's a caveat here because my company and we make a product that I think is better, but we'll just stick to the vanilla here for a second. So Microsoft right now, when you search inside of Windows 11, you open the start menu. You start typing and then another window flies open. And so it's sort of a bit of a jarring experience. But either way, Microsoft is fixing that with this latest build or sort not even that necessarily. They're they're updating the search experience in the the Distill down to the point here, Microsoft is going to start injecting third-party content into its search experience. Now, what this means, at least what we've seen so far, this means like MSN content. This could mean other web content. Now, Microsoft frames this around the idea of, let's say you search for a picture of your dog. Well, they might pull another pictures of dogs from the web. Why you would want other dogs from the web when you're looking for your own scruffy, that is a whole different conversation. But what I am honestly, and we all know Microsoft is going to do this, is... You can guarantee there's going to be ads or things that showing up there that you don't want. And so it's a little frustrating because, we, like, leave search alone. We leave Windows alone. Actually, Amy Hood did an interview with C, I think it was CNBC, where she talked about how we don't talk about Windows enough and how she doesn't talk about Windows enough. And I... I'm starting to get a little bit nervous that Microsoft is once again looking at Windows going, man, we could really monetize the hell out of those users. And so now we see ClipChamp, and now we're going to see this new search experience that's going to pull in MSN content that's going to try to get some clicks, and then by you clicking it, you're going to see an ad, and it's going to take an MSN or do a Bing search. And Microsoft's going to try to monetize that even more. And so it's something to keep an eye on. I might be overreacting. You could see, and I would, I would validate the argument. Brad, you're overreacting. Microsoft is not going to push shove ads into search and that's just the end of it they're not going to they're not going to pollute their own os well unfortunately history is on the side of yeah they probably will uh because we've already seen ads in the start menu and we've already seen them push services elsewhere and so i just it makes me a little nervous that they're going to mess with search and there's that and so i wouldn't be doing my job as i do for a career start 11 replaces all that ad free that's all i'm gonna say um i i the problem, like the, the thing I struggle with is 
when I think about the products that we build at Stardog, especially like Star 11, I like to think that we're adding value. Like we're adding extensive, not necessarily extensibility, but new functionality. Like we added folders, we added customizations, everything else. I hate the idea that buy Start 11 because it's a Windows 11 ad block. Sure, it absolutely is. And that's a pitch we might start pushing. But um, it also kind of hurts. It's like, because I like, I like Windows. I like Windows and I like Windows ad free. And I don't want people to have to buy an ad blocker for windows itself so anyways that's me off my little um soapbox there either way uh, also in this build of windows 11 now not officially unlocked but this is, appears to be coming it looks like tabs are going to be coming to file explorer now what we don't know is how this is actually implemented this is interesting because if you remember many eons ago microsoft had a thing called sets which were tabs on everything across the interface of windows and then they scrapped that whole thing now the set now it looks like tabs are back for windows but it doesn't look like it's ui wide it's only in explore and i'm curious to see if it stays that way because the way that it's implemented it looks like it's only in file explorer and not a system-wide thing at least for now and so anyways uh that was a, a feature that was uncovered it wasn't officially announced but be on the lookout for that coming in the near future uh if you have a steam deck on order or if you're lucky enough to have one there are windows drivers now available there are a couple caveats right now you can only run windows 10 on it and the audio drivers must audio must come through USB-C or bluetooth uh the other audio stack drivers are not quite ready yet and so uh, those are the big things. Also, this is way aside, but maybe a proud parenting moment. My, we had a parent-teacher conference at my kid's school yesterday, and they use Surface Go 3s. They rolled these things out recently, and I was like, hey, I, my wife, I thought was going to smack me. I was like, that's a Surface Go 3 my kid's using. And um, I love Surface stuff, and I could see my wife saying, like, don't go into your spiel. Don't go into your spiel. And I didn't. I didn't be like, oh, I know a lot of people make this stuff. Anyways, either way, my kid's school uses Surface Go 3. I think it's that's pretty cool. And so I just thought I'd pass that along for whatever reason. Uh, anyways, on to the gaming news. There is the Xbox March update, which is rolling out now. You might already have it. I know my box that's on the other side of, of that wall over there already does. And this includes things like a controller update. I, you, it's really easy to update these days. You didn't even have to plug in, which is great. Uh, it also allows the remapping of the share button if you're a controller. I always think I have an Xbox One over here, or Xbox Series controller over here. Uh, that allows you to remap the share button if you want to change that thing. Um, and there's a couple other things like pinning to quick resume. It's definitely worth installing. I don't know why you wouldn't install it, but either way. Uh, big news for Microsoft on the gaming front, at least a little bit historically. Metacritic says that Microsoft was the publisher of the year in 2021. That is a huge crowning achievement for the company. While things like Halo Infinite may not be perfect, uh, things like Forza Horizon have done exceptionally well. They also had Flight Simulator in there. They also had Psychonauts. And so Microsoft was the publisher of the year. I mean... For a company, and, and I know gaming companies focus very heavily on Metacritic, and so when they get the, the publisher of the year, that is a crowning achievement for Microsoft and everything that they've accomplished. And so it really just sort of elevates that Microsoft is a top-tier game publishing company, and that is pretty much just about the highest award that you can win. Now, on to the code name here for a second. So, Taro, and I'm going to screw his last name up, we've been following him, and we've been chatting on Twitter for years, Taro Alhonen... That's, that's how I pronounce it in my brain. Um, uncovered a, an interesting uh, code name when it comes to Xbox. Now, this came from, I believe, the potentially latest build of Windows. Uh, there is a code name Xbox Keystone. Now, what is Keystone? We don't quite know yet, but I've got a hedge. I've got a hedge here. First off, 
tip it looks like it is more hardware at least as of right now my guess for what xbox keystone is remember microsoft's already announced new hardware they've already announced streaming a streaming box stick thing i don't think it's a stick but i think it's more of a streaming box that's going to allow cloud gaming i suspect that that might be where keystone is coming in now what is a keystone let's think about that so typically people think of it in like an arch it's like a thing that kind of brings it all together and so you could argue that that is uh, potentially what the little streaming box could be. It brings the whole narrative together. You got a lightweight entry-level thing into cloud gaming called the Keystone, and bada-bing, bada-boom, there it goes. Microsoft also loves to name things after cities. Lockhart was, I believe, after named after a city in Texas, and Keystone is also, I believe, a famous skiing place. And so I know a lot of Microsofties like to go skiing, and so it could potentially be tied to that. My, get, my hedge here, until I am able to dig it up officially, is that it's tied to the streaming content or streaming hardware that Microsoft is building out. Now, keep in mind, we also expect uh, um, things to come bundled with TVs. We haven't heard those announcements yet, but I bet that they might be intertwined. That is my guess. So, also, uh, on the Xbox side, by 2030, Xbox products will be 100% recyclable. So, that is always good for the environment. Always a good thing. So, let's just dive into the questions of the week. Always my favorite part. And we are kicking it off here with Mad Thinus. He says, ClipChamp and monetization is bringing in it. Ah, ClipChamp and monetization is coming to Windows. On top of that, uh, forced to use Bing in search. Is Windows 11 the final push to get enthusiasts to go elsewhere? So he's really talking about, this is what my soapbox was about, is that Windows 11 is really being looked at through the lens of Microsoft from the corporate world looking down, saying, look, we can monetize these users even more. Now, if someone's going to come out and say, but Brad, Windows 11 is free. It is not free, my friends. When you buy a device, Dell, Acer, whoever is paying a fee to Microsoft to get that OS to you, and that price is being passed along to you. So yes, you have paid for Windows 11 with a new device. Now, technically, maybe if you had a Windows uh, well, I was going to say Windows 7, but the, I don't think those devices would be running Windows 11 at this point. If you have a Windows 10 device and you're getting, you upgraded to Windows 11, then maybe you could justify that. But I bet there's some fancy accounting that potentially accounts for that. Either way, uh, when you buy a new product, you are paying for Windows 11. So I don't accept the argument that, Mike, you should have to pay for the uh, stuff you're using. We've already paid for it. I'm aside from that. Either way, um, I think this is, I don't think it's pushing enthusiasts elsewhere because what are you going to go? You can go to Linux, but you're not going to be happy there. I mean, there's a, a, a demographic of the world that will be happy running Linux as a desktop, but I think a lot of the people who want to just play games and that sort of user are still going to need Windows for the foreseeable future. They're not pushing people away yet, but they got to be careful because depending on how much ad and junk they shove down the throats, they could push people away eventually. Uh, Miki says, uh, rumors about a new Xbox console have been showing up recently. Do you think Microsoft will launch a Switch, but focused on Game Pass and cloud gaming? I do not think so. I, I would be shocked. I, and, and I will tell you this, I will be shocked if Microsoft launches a handheld gaming apparatus. It just doesn't make sense with what's happening in the world. I mean, the thing that would make the most sense, if Microsoft was going to go launch a, a mobile gaming thing, uh, what would make the most sense would be, you could look at the Steam Deck from Valve, that's one way to do it, or you just grab a super high-end like Samsung Galaxy S22 Ultra 
Yeah, Ultra. I'm try, trying to keep those brands. You got Ultra on the Samsung side and the Ultra on the Apple side. And that's it, right? Like you get a super high-end uh, ARM chip and a mobile phone. And then it's connected to the internet with five, the 5Gs or LTE. And then you're streaming it anyway. So I would love to know what the difference between a Microsoft dedicated handheld would be than a super high-end Android device with something like... Uh, something like this with like the backbone on it, right? It's it's the that's what it is. So I, I would struggle to understand what the difference would be from a dedicated device. And Microsoft has a rich history of not doing well in small handheld things, and so I think they I think it'd be dicey for them to get back into that. Uh, confused geek says I would like Xbox to do more events during the year instead of just focusing on the E3 but do they have to this is interesting because Sony just did a state of play I believe it was this week they're like 20 minute long now granted they, they didn't get a ton of positive press about it because people hyped it up and then it was just not it wasn't not much but it wasn't a super like intensive here's all the new sweet stuff uh, Microsoft has been a bit dry in this first quarter the company ended the second half of last year just on a phenomenal hot streak, like a phenomenal hot streak from even if you don't love the games, just gaming aside, but just getting content, generating noise and getting things out the door. Like they did a phenomenal job. And then we walked into this year and it has been a lot of crickets. Like it's not even just, it's just been quiet. And Microsoft is could do itself justice by having just a little event, just some teasers or things that are coming up. But again, those take a lot of effort to put together. It's not something they can just say, you know, Tim in the back room, just go hack together some footage and we're going to like, it takes some time. And so I know that Microsoft is working on a lot of things from a media exposure uh, front. I've heard that they're planning potentially two media events this year. But that, are they going to do smaller bite-sized things? That we haven't heard about, but it has been relatively uncharacteristically quiet this first half of 2022. I, I will absolutely agree with that. Uh, Ignorax, or, I, Ign I can't pronounce your name, but that's as close as I can get. What about Codename Keystone? We talked about that just a few minutes ago. Uh... Oh gosh, you guys with the names. So Math Adolci asks, he says, there's Tencent out there and there's Xbox out there and they are buying up a lot of things. And he's asking uh, if the competition is growing between these two companies in terms of acquisitions. Potentially, Tencent has a lot of minority stakes in a lot of companies where Microsoft typically just buys them outright. And so I don't, they, do they compete? Absolutely. Is Microsoft banking on Tencent being a competitor? Yes, that is how they expect to get the, uh, the Activision acquisition through by saying, look at Tencent, look at Sony. These guys are bigger than us. Even though Tencent is more of a, Tencent to me, and I could be wrong in, in this analogy here, but they feel like they take a lot more of a scattershot. They put throw a lot of money in the industry and take up bite-sized chunks of a lot of different companies, hoping that they are going to explode with another type Fortnite type game, if you will. And so that is what their approach is. Whereas Microsoft just goes and says, I'm taking the whole chicken off the table and we're going home. And so does it increase the, 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 the terms and the values of these companies? I think so. There's a... I don't know if we'll look back at this time and say as the great consolidation of the gaming industry, but there's a lot of consolidation in the gaming industry going on and Xbox and Tencent are definitely pushing things. Mary Jo Foley coming in with a question says, will MLB teams be using M1 iPad airs now that Tim Cook has saved this baseball season? So <laughs> this is a great question. Ms. Foley. Thank you for, for, for knocking me off my feet here. So, during the Apple event, they came out and said, we're going to have MLB games on Friday night on the Apple TV. You'll be able to watch them, which 
And then it was hilarious because there was a lockout at the time ongoing and there was going to be no MLB games. And now, after that announcement, all of a sudden, uh, the MLB and the Players Association have come to agreements and baseball is back. And so people are joking that Tim Cook brought baseball back and so they're going to be using M1 iPad Airs. I do not know, Miss Foley. I do not know. Um, but if we see if we see iPad Airs on the sideline, we will know that Tim Cook uh, saved baseball and took all the money from our wallets. Uh, Shark 47 is Mike ask is Microsoft basically trying to turn windows into an ad serving platform. I'm wondering what they get by annoying their user base. Uh, I agree that they are looking at windows 11 more as an ad growing base. I mean, we see that, well, maybe not necessarily ad growing base, but a potential monetization base of the user that maybe we had seen more in windows 10. You got to remember with windows 10, they kind of just shuck things to the side and just kind of let it run. They figured, Hey, like we'll continue to make our money, but it's not a growth place. And all of a sudden with windows 11, they're getting some momentum. They got some positive praise. They're like, let's try to, well, let's not forget about those guys who are bringing in billions of dollars each quarter and see if we can't get a couple more dollars out of them. And so, I don't know. This is one to watch. I'm really nervous about that search experience. I'm really nervous about it. And so I, I it just doesn't sit right because it's just another place that Microsoft is going to go and, and tinker with. And uh, I hope I, I hope not. But it makes me nervous because Microsoft will see the dollars and they might do it. Um, and then Mr. PKI coming in at the end. He said, let's end the week with some challenging questions. Oh, ooh, he brought up a good one that I left off. It says, it seems that Dell is not adopting Pluton. Now, Pluton is the security uh, manifestation of a product that came from Xbox. It's, a, it's I believe it's a chip on the board, but it's definitely a, a security-based solution at the hardware level. And Dell is not adopting Pl Pluton, and Lenovo has it off by default. Is this already a dead technology? So one of the things I have learned, and this is from talking to some people behind the scenes, is that Pluton. I don't think these vendors necessarily have an issue holistically with what Pluton is trying to do. But they also look at it as the same level is that if Dell is running Pluton and Lenovo is running Pluton and Asus is running Pluton and everybody's running Pluton, that's not a competitive advantage. It's not. Now, some AMD chips are going to be shipping with Pluton. So maybe that's a competitive advantage on that side. The fact that Dell and Lenovo are shipping them either not with the, the functionality or it turned off really does put a hamper in some of Microsoft's efforts to... To, to bring this to market in a way that is going to change the industry as a whole. If only if it's scattershot approved, scattershot implemented, then it's not technically going to be, it could be an industry standard, but it's not really a standard in the industry anymore. And so it it's not a good look for Microsoft realistically at the end of the day. They came out with this and they, they, they had great praise for what it was capable of doing and how it would protect your system. And then two of the biggest PC manufacturers like, nah, we're not going to run that. Um, I'm not sure if it's a licensing cost and that's why they don't want to do it. Or part of me also thinks, and this is what I was hearing a little bit, is that they have their own solutions either in the works or implemented. And they don't want to sidestep everything that they've implemented just to take the Microsoft's hand-given Pluton thing and not being able to implement and continue to work with their own solutions, which they can charge more for and have more control over. So it will be, uh, it will be interesting. Uh, Microsoft is now, he also then asks, he says, Microsoft is now offering a cybersecurity architect expert certification. Do you think this will be the new, oh, MSS, MCSE of the 2200 decade? Uh, 2200, that's a weird, wow, that's a big, uh, <laughs> that's a great question. I bet it will. 
Uh, cybersecurity is becoming the hot new thing. So if you're an IT pro listening to this, there's a great career path that if you really want to ratchet up your skill set and dive deeper into the world of IT and want to solidify yourself in the industry, start out as an IT pro. Go into IT uh, and the DevOps is a great place to go from there if you really truly want to skill up or even further go into the cybersecurity realm. Those are two deviant but very similar career paths that can be quite fruitful if you're willing to go down that path. And I suspect that Microsoft is going to start pushing this uh, this certification as a sort of backbone or a justification for paying people or trying to hire people. So it very well might be, and Mr. PKI might be onto something here. And he says, did you ever pursue a Microsoft, Microsoft secure certification in the past? And no BS. Uh, I, I guess it depends how you define pursuit. Did I intend to take one? No, but did I work through some? Yes, especially when it came to Microsoft Teams. Just so because, well, my last company, I was like leading the implementation and everything else. And so as a reporter, a journalist, it really helped to take those certifications or to look at the study material because it helped you understand what Microsoft considered of value and, and critical importance inside of Teams. And so from that aspect, yeah, I did like pursue, but I didn't ever take one because I wasn't, I didn't, my career path was not intended to be an IT pro uh, administering teams. I was trying to do it to help our company implement. And for me as a journalist, understand where to pay attention to what Microsoft was doing. That's a good question though. That cybersecurity architect expert certification. Is it the new MCSE of the 2200 decade? That's a good question. I bet it will be. I bet it will be because cybersecurity is a hot topic, especially around the world right now with Fancy Bear and everything else that Microsoft or Microsoft uh, that is going on in Ukraine, which is a whole other can of worms. So there you go, my friends. That wraps it up for this week. Next week should be should be I'm trying to it might be interesting. And I'm waiting to see if we learn some more about some specific things. So either way, make sure to keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me.